You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A very happy Wednesday to you all. Welcome into the podcast. A lot to get to ahead on today's edition of Locked On Utes. Brian, where are we going to go on today's show? Is there really any news out there that you're aware of? Jake, our mission, should we choose to accept, accept it, is boldly go where no Utah uniform has gone before. It's, that's a very good point. And the reference for Star Trek actually kind of fits with kind of the overall look. We're going to touch on that. We're also going to touch on, what are we calling it, the Super Alliance? I don't know what we're going to call it. The alliance between the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12. How does that affect Utah? And the Utah men's lacrosse program has a new head coach. We'll introduce him as well ahead on today's show. Uh, By the way, today's podcast is brought to you by friends over at the Locked On NFL Preview. The NFL season obviously is about to begin. Nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team in every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you tune in beginning next Monday, August 30th. All right, Brian, what do you say? Should we get going here? Unless they're stallions and hot shots, it's not an alliance to me, Jake. But let's do this. Nicely done. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for August 25th, 2021. Once again, welcome into Locked On Utes, your only daily podcast focused on all things University of Utah Athletics. Reunited, and it feels so good to be back with my good friend Brian Brown. I'm Jay Catch. We are your co-host tandem covering all things Utes. Brian, what's up, my friend? It's good to be back, Jake. Uh, This is my life right now, trying to make sure that I can at least get a podcast out there. If I can get together with you to do it, man, even better. Yeah, we're having fun with it, no doubt. It's a very busy, busy time of the year, and it's only going to get busier from here on out. But nonetheless, we love being with you guys every single day. Make sure if you have not done so already, hit that follow button. That way you can join us every day because we're putting out podcast content Monday through Friday, and you guys can be up to date on everything involving the Utes. Also make sure that you leave a rating and review as well if you don't mind. Those, Of course, Brian, as we are fond of saying, we want five stars only when it comes to those reviews and Love your guys' support. It's been absolutely phenomenal over the past month or so. Our numbers have just absolutely skyrocketed. All right, Brian, let's get going here, and let's talk about the USS Salt Lake City. What are we to make of these new uniforms that were revealed yesterday by the University of Utah football program? I guess it kind of depends on on what you really think about college uniforms, Jake, because for me, that was beauty. As Ted Lasso likes to say, that's when sports and art combine, and we really got a true masterpiece in the uniform combination that the University of Utah put together to honor our military veterans by representing the USS Salt Lake City. Yeah, this is a really, really cool uniform scheme, and I get that there will be traditionalists out there who are saying, well, Utah, it's got none of their traditional colors in it. Okay, great, but how many college football programs outside of, it feels like, Notre Dame, Alabama, Clemson, and USC 
uh, wear their traditional uniforms every single game. I think there are very few out there who do it. The new uh, thing is to be innovative and to work new color schemes, new uniforms into your repertoire. And I got to say, when they launched these, Brian, I looked at it and said, okay, this is a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, setup. Because we were talking before we recorded the podcast how it looked like, uh, well, not that it looked like, it seemed like a home run in the fact that how many people that, how many people do you think really looked at those uniforms and then were like, hold on, USS Salt Lake City, is that actually a thing? Looked it up and learned about one of the most decorated uh, warships in World War II history. And that's kind of the reason that we do a lot of this, right? And I understand that gray is not technically a color to those who are in the U fandom. Uh, the university rec recognizes it as an accent color. They recognize black. They recognize white. So for those kinds of discussions, if you want to get technical, it is technically a university color. That's not the point with this. What the point is is that the University of Utah put together a very smart, very thoughtful, very, uh, oh, should we say dedicated uh, uh, memorial to a, a piece of our state history and something that the University of Utah is supposedly representative of. I think they did a great job with the uniforms. I love the way that they are simplistic in the design. The numbers pop off. The black with the white outline is gorgeous. The The sleeves are, are tied into the actual ship itself and the designs that were on the ship. The hand-painted helmet where it's the actual scene of the ship on one side and then the USS Salt Lake City on the other. And, and I love those hand-painted helmets, even the ones with the emoji Mickey hands that everybody else seems to hate. I thought that was a great look as well. Uh, probably my favorite part of it, though, as we talked about, the one star on the the right lapel, or maybe it's the pollet. I can't remember. There's a technical term. I think it's uh, pollet. I think it's pollet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, signifying the 11 battle stars. Now, you're the history buff on, on the show here. 11 battle stars, is that good? Yeah, well, it means you're one of the most decorated warships, if not the most decorated warship in the Pacific Theater in World War II history. And anybody who has studied World War II history knows that the Pacific Theater, and in particular the, the major sea battles that occurred across the Pacific during that, were absolutely legendary and the USS Salt Lake City was right there in the in many of those, and it's going to be cool because those eleven battle stars. Well, okay, as eleven battle stars are on the side of its hole. Well, when you have eleven players on the field all wearing one of those battle stars, you have eleven battle stars playing on the field as one. There are a lot of cool tie-ins to what they're doing with these uniforms, and I think they just absolutely hit a home run with this design. They did, and I thought the presentation was phenomenally done out on the salt flat, something that I think is very uh, mm, underutilized maybe as a platform. We sure. love to use the mountains, but there's also a very beautiful area. Well, maybe some people don't think it's beautiful. I think it's gorgeous. Uh, that doesn't matter. What I'm trying to get to is that they did a great job releasing the uniforms. I thought the video that Utes Equipment released with Ryan Barker, the former U.S. Navy vet, now turned University of Utah football equipment manager, uh, narrating, talking about the uniforms that signified uh, different parts of it. I thought it was just brilliant. I think what we get to at the bottom of this is for one game, we can be okay not wearing red. We can celebrate what happened with USS Salt Lake City, and we can be okay with maybe something else 
taking center stage outside of just, you know, the interlocking use or the drum and feather or something like that. Uh, I think it was great, 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 great work by the equipment staff, by the football staff, and by everybody involved. Yeah, there's a lot of obviously moving parts that go into the design of such a uniform, but yeah, hat goes off to all of those who are involved at any level with it, and uh, it just it really I think is going to be a really cool look. They'll be expected to don those on November 20th for Military Appreciation Day when they take on the University of Oregon. And I can only hope that the Ducks have something that cooked up uh, cooked up back there in Eugene to match what Utah is going to wear that in that game. But who knows? We still got a few months to go before that game ultimately will be played. But a great look nonetheless. But coming up next, Brian, we do need to talk about something that's affecting the Pac-12 as a whole. It actually is affecting 41 total programs across the country. That is the, what are we calling it? The Super Alliance? We'll dig into that in just a moment here. First, though, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Of course, the college football and the NFL season are on the way. We're all looking forward to it. A lot of people, like myself, have been looking at over-unders on win totals, looking at Week 0 games this weekend for college football. Brian, what are you looking forward to most about this upcoming football season? Uh, relaxing, Jake. Having an excuse to sit at home on the couch and watch TV, Pac-12 after dark. There's a myriad of, of, of things that I'm looking forward to, but most of all is getting back to my family, which is football, and celebrating with them. And maybe, just maybe making a little bit of extra on the side. Yeah, so check it out, guys. Bet Online is the best place to place your bets. They've got it covered for you from top to bottom. And if football's not your jam, they got everything else. Basketball, boxing, golf, baseball, even horse racing. No matter what your interest is, get over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. You heard that right. A 100% welcome bonus. Essentially, anything you deposit, they're matching it over at Bet Online. All you got to do is use the promo code LOCKED ON when you make that deposit at betonline.ag. It's all courtesy of Bet Online, as they are your online sportsbook experts. Brian, I know that you have some familiarity with the Alliance, aka the Alliance of American Football, the short lived pro football venture, and may it rest in peace. More importantly, may the Salt Lake Stallions rest in peace as part of that. What do you make of apparently the new alliance coming in college sports? Well, I hope they don't let Charlie Ebersol uh, run the thing, and I definitely hope that they don't try and go to Tom Dolan for any money because I know how that story ends, and it definitely is not as beneficial as I think this particular alliance will end. Yeah, it's just a very, very interesting setup. Uh, so the official announcement coming yesterday, the Big Ten, ACC, and the Pac-12 have announced an alliance that ultimately, quote, wants to, oh, excuse me, ultimately aims to, quote, stabilize a volatile environment, unquote, throughout college athletics by collaborating on issues facing the industry and agreeing to create a future scheduling partnership. Where should we dive in first on this, Brian? Because I think there's a multifaceted uh, conversation here to have. Well, let's start at the most important important part, Jake. They could spell multifaceted because I sure can. <laughs> That's a good point. There's no doubt about that. I, okay, I, I guess let's start here. What about the scheduling deal? Because they're saying that none of the current schedules or scheduling agreements that these individual schools have, and there are 41, I believe, total across all the leagues, if you're including Notre Dame as a part of the ACC in terms of the other sports outside of football, 
Uh, they're saying that all uh, future contracts as of currently constituted will remain in effect, which means to me that this college football part of it, uh, the conversation there, you're looking at least a decade down the road before you really are able to go about scheduling. That's the part about college football that I'll never understand, Jake. During a pandemic, we were able to make all sorts of game changes on the fly. Shoot, BYU even made it to Coastal Carolina in under four days, and that's an undertaking. And yet now we have to announce alliances that are decades in the future. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily see the uh, necessity from my side of things in making this announcement, but I do understand why it is that these conference commissioners wanted to come out and make a big hullabaloo about what's about to go on, right? And in my comparison is this. The SEC and ESPN are building a Death Star, and this is the Rebel Alliance. Okay. And the Rebel Alliance is announcing through the pulpit, hey, we're going to go do stuff. Watch out. Okay, you can say that all you want, but Kevin Warren, I wouldn't say this is a reaction to Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, I wouldn't say that cake makes me fat, Jake, but here I sit, and I'm definitely not in the peak form of health, and I still love cake. I can admit that. So can Kevin Warren. And that's the biggest problem is that we keep having these battles of, well, I don't have to admit this and I don't have to say that. And, oh, we still have the power. Look, here's the bottom line. The SEC and the ESPN, they done did everybody dirty. And, and now we all got to strap to that and be like, oh, like we didn't see it coming. And nobody saw it coming. Dad gum. And I don't know why I go into my SEC accent every time I talk about him, but I guess that's what I got to do here. Uh, and so now we all got to get together and figure something out so that we don't get bulldozed by this whole situation and end up broke and penniless on the street drinking moonshine. And so that's what this should have been, right? It should have been like, hey, listen, we probably should have been on top of this. Kevin Warren can't admit that because he's already in, in deep for last year's shenanigans with how they handled the pandemic stuff. Mm -hmm. That was his first year. Let's give him a pass. You should get better PR people maybe on board. You know, George Klyovkov, I'll give that guy a pass 100%. He's in the second month of his job. Yeah, I was going to say, he's, he's to, brand new. Yeah, he's trying to structure some massive alliance. Like, I'll forgive him that he couldn't come up with a better name on the fly for that when he's trying to keep his conference together and make sure that they all get paychecks next week, you know? but And that's being a little bit facetious because obviously all this stuff that's been happening in this particular offseason is not playing out for another two to three years. So everybody is still going to get paid. But what this is, is it's them trying to level the playing field and say, no, 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 we're, we're not going to play that battle. And the best way that they can do is creating matchups that are just better than what the SEC will have. That's the hope is obviously is you can get some of these bigger matchups to obviously keep your brands and your schools, your conferences more in the national consciousness as the SEC endeavors, as you say, uh, to really create that death star and kind of just be the face of the sport. I get why they're doing what they're doing, but the one thing about this, Brian, and I, I, I had to laugh to myself when I saw this come out, is Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner, he was asked, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, by Bruce Feldman of The Athletic about, okay, is this a contract? What have you guys done to essentially cement this relationship? <laughs> and Jim Phillips' comment is, We've looked each other in the eye, and we, 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 it's all about trust. 
Tell uh, me you're an out of touch conference commissioner without telling me you're an out of touch co- out of touch conference commissioner. And as Max, Jake, I can yeah. I can look you in the eye all I want, and it's not gonna. I don't mean anything, right? Like, like I'm I'm actually apologetic that you have to look me in the eye digitally so often over here. Uh, but you know what? That's the sacrifices that we make for great content and for phenomenal podcasting and everything that we love to give Utah fans here on the podcast. And it's a worthy sacrifice on your on your side of it. Uh, you clearly don't say things like you look me in the eye and you we have an agreement. Uh, because people know that like this is a partnership, and we can say that. We don't have to use funky terms. Now, having said that, if you're a lawyer and you represent any of these conferences, there are 16 words that those guys can use, and only 16, and I bet he used 15 of them in that statement. <laughs> That's a good point. I, just, I was as stunned as anybody when they said, hold on, um, so this is an agreement among – among ourselves, we've looked at you in the eye and talked about trust. And as Max Olson pointed out, yeah, how'd that go for the Big 12 over there, guys? Like, and that brings up another point. They, the comments from them are saying, well, we don't want to see the Big 12 really go away. We wish them well. Okay, here's the question. If you want to see them do well, quote-unquote, why are they not part of this alliance? Because it's all about the money. And and these are three conferences that have secure deals and or secure opportunities in the future. Uh, specifically with the Pac-12, they need a bargaining chip. And so this is the best move that they can make to really guarantee like, hey, when we go calling for that next TV deal, people are going to want to sign up for it. And, and the biggest issue is this. ESPN wants to dump all the television contracts that they can and make more money because that's what ESPN does, and and they want to pay Stephen Stephen A. all that money to sit on TV and 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 spew forth just absolute drama and not like information or actual like reporting. You know, for the most part, I think he's probably ten percent, maybe even five percent factual information, and the ninety five percent is blur. That's the problem with ESPN, right? And and so they have to do all these things to to strategize against it. Um, but let's just be honest; like these guys are not good at being cool, and that's really where it came across. Uh, came across here, and the internet's had some fun with it. I don't think it's the worst idea, you know, and, and especially for somebody like George Klyavkov who can come out and be very stern and reassuring and be forceful in what it is that he's saying. Now, that being said, I, I trust Klyavkov a lot more than I trust some of these other guys. I feel like there was a method to his madness that yeah. maybe was beyond what we've all seen or what they were willing to answer in a press conference. I, I, I'm with you on that. I actually, I, I would agree with you on that point. I, I, I am hopeful, by the way, and I, let me be clear about this. I am hopeful that this is a partnership, whatever you want to term it, an agreement, an alliance, whatever you want to term it. I'm hopeful that it yields something positive for all of these individual leagues. Uh, I just I, I look at this and I feel like the situation that they are creating for themselves is both admirable, but also at the same time, let's be honest, if any one of these 41 teams are approached by the SEC in the next however long they think this agreement's going to last, Brian, I know they're saying like 1 to 15 years is one of the comments I saw. If any one of these schools is approached by the SEC at any point during this upcoming uh, period, I will say this, that trust they're all talking about going to be broken real quick. 
Well, and I think that's really what this does is it, it states intent, but it doesn't tie anybody to it yeah. so that when somebody else does try to deviate from it or go after their own, and we've seen it happen time and time again in college football, that these guys are going to protect their own interests. They're mm-hmm. going to protect their schools, and that's another part about it. This is a circling of the wagons of sorts telling the SEC to bug off. You're not going to come after Ohio State. You're not going to come after Clemson. You're not going to come after USC, even if they maybe want to leave. They're not leaving, right? This is dad putting down the foot and saying, hey, you're grounded. You're staying in this house until you figure it out. And to a degree, I think that's a good thing. Uh, but at the same time, this landscape is so fluid and everything is dependent upon what TV provider and or TV streaming service or what company is willing to put forth what and for how much. So I don't blame these guys for not being all like, hey, here we go, mm-hmm. jump into bed, one night in Vegas, 24 hours later, we're married. That's not how they should do this. And so I think the internet can have its fun, and it was a, a hilarious joke, but we also need to understand that there's so much going on that like, if you're really committed to something, that's even more insane. Yeah, it You're right. Lawyers are going to be very much involved in this, and you're right. There's probably the 16 words. They use 15 of them. Like I said, I am hopeful that this can yield something positive, especially in the case of the Pac-12, where it seems like they get a little bit overlooked in terms of the overall national media sphere, considering that we're out here on the West Coast and in the Mountain Time Zone, where they just don't get a lot of attention. But at the same time, man, (laughs) the fact that there's none of this is quote-unquote writing and or binding it uh, just seems like, okay, well, this is great, guys, but until somebody else comes calling, we're we're going to abide by this. But the second somebody does come calling, deuces. Yeah, and, and look, that's their right and their responsibility because at the end of the day, uh, we all got to protect our own, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm, uh, There are very few instances where anybody's uh, <laughs> handing out the bread off of their plate to make sure someone else is fed, right? Especially yeah. if it's your family. And, and, you know, we throw that term around family, but for these high-level people, that's how they approach it. I want to read one last thing. Our good friend Cameron Beck at Staircase Wood on Twitter said, I imagine it's pretty hard to get a contract signed with 12 member institutions and one conference. 41 member institutions and three conference having just a few weeks makes no contract seem pretty reasonable. Yeah, no, that and that's a very, very good point. Like, them making this announcement, maybe at some point it does become a formal contract, but I, I'm with Cameron on that. So it's a very, very good point there. So there you go. Some thoughts on that. It's just, it was just, you're right. The internet had a lot of fun with it and for good reason, but obviously the hope is that this can have a positive result for conferences outside of the SEC when it comes to the future of the sport and over the overall collegiate model as well because obviously the NCAA is undergoing its own changes, it appears, in the relatively near future. All right, uh, we will catch you guys up on everything else going on with the University of Utah here in just a moment, including a brand-new head coach for the University of Utah men's lacrosse program, the second coach in program history. We'll introduce you to him in just a moment. First, though, Brian, let's take a minute and talk about our friends over at Built Bar. I've got to admit, Brian, I recently ordered a new order of Cherry Barcia as well as Banana Nut Bread. Uh, They both showed up to my house recently. Uh, I'm still waiting on my pistachio order. I'm hoping to get that relatively quickly here. But I had not had banana bread in quite some time, and i got to say I absolutely love it. I I would never disparage Built Bar because I love them, and they help me survive. But I will say this. I miss being able to select all those amazing flavors and they are smart to do it this way, right? Because yeah. they've got apple crisp, 
Apple Almond Crisp up on the website right now. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to order a box because I know it's going to be there forever, and, and I love it. It's one of my favorites. And that's the great thing about Bill Bar is that you get addicted to the flavors, uh, but it's also healthy. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's the most important point. They're delicious, but more importantly, they're healthy. They have between 17 and 18 grams of protein. Calorie ranges from 130 to 180 calories. Only four to five grams of sugar in each bar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. It's absolutely incredible how healthy they are, especially considering how great they taste. You guys can go to built.com and place your order now. While you're there, make sure you use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. I can say, Brian, I think without a doubt, the LOCKED15, the 15% off is the best discount I have seen anywhere for anybody who happens to promote Built Bars. So take advantage of it now. Locked 15 at Built.com and get and join the best tasting protein bars with Built Bar. All right, Brian, before we go here on this Wednesday edition of the podcast, we would be remiss if we did not talk about a new hire in the Utah Athletic Department, and that is the hire of new men's lacrosse head coach Andrew McMinn, who comes to Utah by way of Robert Morris University. What do we know about Coach McMinn? Well, he, he has a lot of experience in the lacrosse coaching industry. He was over 10 years at Robert Morris, worked there. He's worked as a head coach for several of those 10 years. Uh, he knows lacrosse forward and backwards. He's in the East Coast guy. I think when you were looking for a new head coach candidate, that was a critical component. And I'm not trying to, to – to diss on any of the mm-hmm. lacrosse coaches out here or anything like that. I think Utah's lacrosse scene is incredible, ever-growing, getting stronger, and, and someday soon we'll be to the point to where we could even maybe hire someone from the state to be the head lacrosse coach. But while lacrosse is still primarily an East Coast school and requires East Coast ties and East Coast relationships, that was a very critical part about it. And I'm very impressed that the University of Utah was able to go out and get somebody as high caliber as Coach McMinn. He has been to Utah, so he understands. You know, when Robert Morris came out here to play, he understands what the program has available to it. He knows what he can bring towards it. So I think that's very exciting. Uh, I'm also impressed that they were were able to make this move and this hire uh, at the rate of speed that they they did because they need to. They needed to move quickly and get someone established because this thing is happening quick. He'll need to assemble a staff. He'll need to uh, you know start getting into the the off season workouts for the guys because they do have an open window right here in the fall where they can be practicing. So all that stuff is very, very critical. Yeah, I don't think it's very easy, at least just in most sports, to go and uproot a guy who's been at a university for 15 years. Five years as an assistant there at RMU, 10 as their head coach. He's the all-time coaching wins leader with 76 during his 10 seasons leading the Colonials. I think this is actually a really savvy hire. And as you mentioned, Brian, his ties to the East Coast with everything that you have to do to recruit for this sport right now, I think this is a pretty dang good hire, all things considered. Uh, He's been a two-time NE coach of the year out there at Robert Morris. Man, I I have a hard time looking at this, Brian, and thinking that there's very much downside to this hire because it just seems like it checks all the boxes for a program like Utah. Yeah, on, on paper, it's a slam dunk. There's no doubt about it. Now, it, it always... There's so much more that happens off the sheet, so to speak, that you really need to have figured out, and I'm sure that there will be a learning curve with Coach McMinn, but he's a 
you know, a Pennsylvania guy, so he mm-hmm. understands hard work. He understands that culture. I think if you were to compare an East Coast state with Utah, Pennsylvania, maybe not too far off, where they are very you know hardworking people, blue collar. And I know that Utah is not super super blue collar, but we like to think ourselves as such. Um, but that mentality will translate well here in Utah. And, and, you know, I'm excited to see what happens with the program now, see who he brings in as his assistants and see who he's able to get in recruiting. Uh, Robert Morris is a good, strong program out there on the East coast. So for him to leave a job like that, to come to Utah after a decade, he must see a lot of opportunity. Yeah. I I think that's actually a very good point you make there as well. So congratulations once again to Andrew McMinn, the new head coach of the university of Utah men's lacrosse program, wishing him and the rest of the Ute lacrosse program success moving forward here. All right, Brian, before we go, as is tradition when I record with you, what words of wisdom do you have for our listeners before we call it a day? Rebellions are built on hope, Jake. Well Be done. Be hopeful. Well done. Be hopeful. Yes, that's, that's, that's a very good point to take away from this. All right, folks, have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. Follow the show on social media at Locked On Utes on Twitter. Follow Brian at Brown Bear SLC. I am at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter if you want any of my random musings on all things sports. But in the meantime, have a great day. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for August 25th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.